Hello, yes, and welcome to Less Than Jays. I hope you're having a great, uh, if you're Canadian, a great long weekend. I don't think it's an American long weekend. I don't have no, my... No, they moved it. It's next they moved week. It to Memorial Day, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's Victoria Day here in here in the Great White North. I hope you are having a great one. Just sort of take it in. The baby's been quiet. The my, our son decided to like rest most of the day. I, I, uh, I get big points. I I finished off like two sessions of getting him to sleep and was able to like you, you get a baby to sleep and then you put him down and then take the three steps away and he doesn't cry. Uh, it's a it's a real feeling of accomplishment. So I pulled that, two of those off that, today. Is that the test? Yeah, well, yeah, because, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. He doesn't really know anything in the world. Right. So he doesn't really know about sleeping and it feeling good. And, like, he doesn't even know that he is about to sleep. He sort of – it sort of happens without his uh, thought process going into it. He doesn't have intent, right? And the one thing he doesn't have any of right now is any sort of intent. So, uh, yeah, getting him down twice, getting to walk away. Uh, lots of movies today. A long weekend – we had some Blue Jays baseball. We had Joey Votto in town. We had uh, the series against the Mariners that we talked about last week. We were hoping to get some good vibes off of. Series against the St. Louis Cardinals beginning tonight. And uh, the problem's not... Uh, it continues to be the story of this team, Jake, is the problems aren't solved, but they aren't, like, hampering them so much. They're two of three against Seattle, two of three against uh, the Reds. And I feel confident that sort of a good chance to take some wins against St. Louis. But it, it remains. Runners in scoring position remains an issue. Uh, Santiago Espinal is now officially the best hitter on the team this year and is hitting second as a reward for that. Crazy talk the world is upside down. And yet they are above 500 team. The, they don't have to save anything. I think I saw it put well today by our friend Drew. Is like the season isn't in need of saving right now. But there are some legitimate concerns. You texted me a concern earlier this week and I sort of Tried my best to brush it off while sort of <laughs> quietly being like, "Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing you could think about." How are you in here as we are in the final throws of May, May twenty third, and the Blue Jays uh, continue to beat on this track of a, a team that is underperforming yet performing. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm kind of almost exactly there with what you're saying. In that, you know, I feel like the last month of this show has been us saying. Uh, we're worried, but we're not really worried. And then, and it's it's early, it's May, but now, as you say, we're in the last week of May, so we're getting closer and closer. I think to the time where things start mattering mm -hmm. a little more. Uh, and I went to the game on Friday, which was lovely. It was very nice to be good. at a baseball game again. Uh, and watching the team in person and letting the mind drift off to things on the field as one does when they're in the park. Uh, I would say that I am currently. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real semantic here. I like I'm that. Split some hairs. Uh, I am not worried, but I am concerned. Oh, so yeah. See, I'm jealous because, as fun as it is to be in my own home watching games at my own speed and being able to, uh, you know, rewatch things and pick at stuff and get camera angles and get slow mo and have. Um, you know, Dan Shulman walking you through it or or what have you. Joe Siddall sort of analyzing it and getting those helpful things in the strike zone box. There is an experience in watching the team live. Not that you become a body language expert, but the sh the slumped shoulders after a bad call, the, the way they walk back to the dugout after a strikeout or a bad at-bat. It is a little more easy to look at and a little more easy to track. So I am very interested in sort of your takeaways having been in the building and sort of watched um, some games that were very emblematic, basically, of, of what's gone on for this season. 
Yeah, and it, I guess, to sort of spoil what you alluded to earlier, uh, my concern that I texted you about while I was at the game was, I I texted you the question of when do we start worrying about Vlad? Right. And I know, as you correctly pointed out, that he's still one of, if not the best hitter in the league. Yeah. You point out that he's still got a 141 WRC+. plus. And was, before this little slump he's on, was on like a 15-game hitting streak. So to suggest that Vlad is suddenly bad is not my concern. But my concern is kind of, you know, not to be the lack of stats eye test guy, but my concern is exactly what you're talking about. It's the, I you can see, and I think you can see this on TV too. I don't think it's just in the park. But you can see sure. the frustration mounting for him. For a guy who's, I and it's, you know, Springer made the point, I think it was last week, where he mentioned that he called the team meeting because he felt the team was forcing things. Mm. And that's how Vlad feels to me right now. And you know, we saw this bit this time last year too when he was hitting everything into the ground and he couldn't really get it going. And then he hit a couple bombs. He had the three home run game, I think, against Washington last year in May or June. And then after that, it was smooth sailing. And I expect kind of a similar trajectory this year the way things are going like i'm not sitting here thinking that vlad is going to be hitting seventh by august or anything Mm. but i am the i just think it's been you know and if you want to go by the numbers it has been long enough now where the lack of offense i think you have to look at it as at least a bit of a concern because like you go back through May this month and if we go like the most runs the Jays have scored in May was they put up eight against Cleveland on Saturday May 7th and since that they've scored two three five three two five zero six three one two three two their best offensive day was opening day they still they still haven't matched opening day right and you know I'm just looking at the results of the year, they have one, two, three, four, five. People six, love to hear seven, you count on, on the show. They write. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> great. <laughs> we need Jake reading and counting. <laughs> My point is, they've scored more than five runs like twelve times all year. For sure. And they've scored more than five runs four times this month. And. Again, as you said, they have not matched opening day. They have not scored more than 10 runs in a game in any game except for opening day. And again, not a necessarily a long-term concern, but I think you have to look at it now that since really that series against the Red Sox at the end of April where they scored six twice and they put up seven against Houston in a loss the next weekend, since then they've had that one game in Cleveland where the bats really came alive. Yeah. And despite that, like as you said, they're still above 500. They're still in the first new wild card spot. A miracle that they're above 500 it feels like. It feels like every other year that I've watched this team basically <laughs> my entire life, they would be they'd be 7 games below and we would be like they got to they got to fire Charlie. Basically is where I, it's what I feel like we would be most other and, years. And I think that is testament to why I'm not like worried. Right. I think that's a good point. Because it's kind of the opposite of what we've seen in previous successful Blue Jays years, where they've been 
mediocre to bad with all the underlying numbers suggesting that they should be good. Yeah. And this year, it's kind of the opposite. They have a negative run differential. They're eking out wins. They're barely getting by the Reds. Hard to but, but they're still over 500. And as we said, I said last week, they have had the hardest schedule in the league so far. And from now on, they have one of the easiest. I think they have the fourth easiest schedule in the American League the rest of the season. Hopefully they can take advantage of it because, you know, the easy schedule games they had this week. Again, they <laughs> win the series, but you would like them to not... Uh, the Reds series is almost funny because I saw this, uh, I think James and T.O. posted this, um, was like you'd almost have rather lost an extra game in that series if it meant that you had an offensive game where you, like, beat their brains in. It's sort of very... You, that, that thing about this week is, once again, eking out some stuff but not really beating the brakes off of a, of a bad Reds team and a Mariners team that's in a tailspin right now. The Mariners team sort of can't get anything going. Um, yeah, I, I, to stick with Vlad for a little bit, and I just want to sort of refine... Um, you pointed out that what I said to you was, like, my first thought on the Vlad thing is, like, that he's the best hitter in the world. And... There's probably, there is some things I saw Chris Black, uh, down to Black on Twitter, who did a nice thread on sort of like what's been different with Vlad's season. Um, basically, there's been no power on anything low in the zone. And you mentioned that sort of hitting the ball on the ground again. Once that, you can think of a, probably a handful of home runs last year where he took a low pitch and like hit it. And it was like preposterous that he hit it as high and hard as he did. Um, he's had that missing. And I think you pointed out, I want to say... Two to three weeks ago, maybe more, that there's, you know, when we're going through the umpire scorecard stuff, that like Vlad's zone was getting ridiculous. Um, and he was getting not just really, really, really pitched around, but like losing some called strikes that were like, you felt people who were feeling particularly egregious. And I will say, again, not an umpire scorecard guy, but you do sort of see the fallout from that, as here we are a couple weeks later. And when you look at, you know, what has been the difference in his profile as a hitter, uh, a lot more chasing, a lot more sort of at the edge of the zone because he sort of gets, I feel like he's sort of gotten into a headspace there where they worked around him so much and then he got jobbed here and there on some strike calls and then he started chasing and now it's sort of one of those things that, that spirals and he's such a good hitter that he still had a 15-game hitting streak during that, right? It's sort of like, <laughs> right. that's where my faith comes from is like, I don't think it's going to take a lot Um for this to turn around and him to like, I really feel like he's going to hit a sinker like 450 feet one of these days coming up. And it'll, it'll be, we'll look at that and be like, oh, here we go. I think that sort of um, is integral to that. And I will say that, you know, we celebrated so much last year and the year before as well, that when the team's playing well, like it's really vibey. They're very much, they feed off each other and they, and it, and it sort of stacks and it picks up and the jacket was a great thing of that. And they, um, really seem to feed out that energy. I think to the same degree that like when the guys who really instigate that stuff aren't performing, um, it doesn't trickle down in the same way. Like I think Teoscar being back and not really having his his timing back and, and Lourdes has been really going through it. I feel like he is a guy that started the year having a month of really good at-bats and didn't get rewarded for it. And now he's sort of back and we know what it looks like when he's struggling. It's a lot of like really short at-bats with really questionable decisions being made. When those two guys in, in four and five uh, aren't supplementing the, the the Vladdy, either the hot streaks or the or the cold streaks or both very much the same way, or even Springer, who sort of has cooled off a little bit lately, uh, it, it shortens the lineup in a way that we always talk about when we filling the gaps in this team and adding to this team is lengthening that lineup. When four and five, I think I saw it today, uh, that was a great thread about the Jays hitting um, from somebody named Six War, Rose, 
um, is basically they've had one of the worst production in the whole league uh, out of the four hole this year with Teoscar missing time and then not performing when he was there. You think back to it, it was like that was Zach Collins. That was, uh, I think Tapia had a game where he hit fourth. (laughs) Lourdes was there for a long time. So, like, they haven't had that middle of the order support that we expected. The only real thing is Espinal, who's been unbelievable. Uh, that I feel like I manifested a couple weeks ago. And when you were like, people on Reddit were like, Santiago Espinal should hit higher in the lineup. And I was like, learn about baseball. And here we, here we are on May 23rd. And I was like, you got to hit him second, basically. Um, I think that's uh, sort of, you know, that was a big picture thing. But I just wanted, you know, I think the vibes and, and Vlad, not so much setting the tone, but like being a guy that really makes it easy for that team to get charged up. I think it all has a lot to do with each other. And again, uh, the pitching has been outstanding. Uh, Manoa will probably expand on it, but boy, oh boy, what an outing on the weekend. Uh, Kikuchi sort of, as long as he gets out of that one thing of trouble he seems to get into every single day, uh, unscathed, generally has pretty good starts. Uh, Ryu has been, you know, you're not watching through your fingers as much, and then you have Gosman, and, and, you know, you're in pretty good shape, so... Yeah, overall, I think that sort of is encompasses as like I'm not that worried about Vladi and 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 I I think the hitting will will will, will turn around. It's easy to come in here and say that every week, but uh, I really truly believe it. You want to talk about sort of teams in the past that reminds me of it. It really reminds me of 2016, like really, really, really heavily starting to remind me of 2016, where it was sort of like. I remember near the end of that year being like, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that the pitching was going to lead the AL in ERA, I'd have been like, oh, they're going to win 105 games because they had the unbelievable offense the year before. And it, this year, very much the same thing where it's like, if you told me the Jays were getting seven, eight innings from Manoa every time out and they're getting, Gosman is like better than Ray was last year. And and, and Ryu, like Kikuchi had a great month and Ryu looks okay. I'd been like, man, are they <laughs> like 30 and 10? Like what's going on here? Uh, and it hasn't been the case. So, um, you know, we talked, I think last week about the moves and, and thinking that they might jump on the market here sometime in June. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a little closer to that only because like you don't want conversations to really even start happening and we're not at that point yet but um it's not far off if, we, if you, they continue to, to really run a cold streak yeah i think brought up a lot of good points there. i'm glad you brought up the strike zone thing i did i did Vlad. talk for like seven minutes i apologize <laughs> no it's good <laughs> i'm glad you brought up the strike zone thing with vlad because i was gonna bring that up too and then i got worried that it was like a dumb uh i don't know i understand like look at the underlying numbers kind of point but i like, he didn't get a pitch to hit for, like, two weeks. And we all know how much baseball is about rhythm. And, like, it, I, whatever team strategies were to pitch away or around him clearly worked. Uh, and I think his problem right now is just the fact that he hasn't been able to get that. I don't know if it's rhythm necessarily, but, like, he hasn't been able to get sort of back to what he does now that he is seeing pitches again. Because there was a couple this weekend where I think there was there was one yesterday, I think. I can't remember if it was yesterday or Saturday. But he got one right up in the zone that, like, hot Vladdy would have hit to the 500s. Yeah. And it, and it like, was just an easy pop-up. The, the, uh, for me, the for me the Vladdy, to that exact point, for me, the Vladdy, like, heat check is, like, pitchers don't even try to sneak things by him. Like, when, when, when pitchers sneak things by him, you're like, oh, he's not going right. Like, pure locked-in Vladdy does not miss a pitch. Yeah, and, like, last year it was... 
not easy, but like consistently, if you pitched him a slider low and away, he was chasing it almost every time. And that was sort of the out pitch against Vladdy. And now, to your point, he's chasing those pitches, but they're sort of all over the zone, which he wasn't doing as much last year. And he's still putting together good at bats. Like he's still forcing guys, I think, to take him into the counts, but he he's just not capitalizing on the meatball gifts that you'd expect him to. Which, again, he's, despite not seeing a pitch, he went on a 15-game hit streak, and we know how good a hitter he is. And I think you can really extend sort of my thoughts about Vlad kind of to the rest of the team as a whole, in the, in the sense that, to your point, where the pitching's been great, uh, much better than we thought, the bullpen's been reasonably solid, uh, as we talked about last week, really the only thing you can fault the bullpen for is there's nights where they're not perfect when they're being asked to be because no one's scoring. Yeah, but, they a weird combination of like they get exhausted and then they uh, like somehow Romano will go four days without being used. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I feel but like we know that, you know, we saw it. Yes, Bo, Bo's heating up a little bit. He had two home runs on Saturday. George Springer's still great. You know that Lourdes is the streaky guy and you're I'm pretty confident he'll do his usual thing where he's not very good in May. And then in July, you're like, this team can never part yeah. with Lourdes ever he's and really you know. he's really the guy for me that he's sort of yeah you can track the teams the feeling about the team around his at-bats if I'll force a comp across sports Jake he's sort of their William Nylander I like that I know exactly what you mean I think that's correct yeah because it's like when he when he when William Nylander is on offense people are like how could anybody in this in their right mind ever think this team was better without Nylander and then the next day, people will be like, Nylander can't play on this team. We're all going to go insane. Sort of that. <laughs> Very much Lourdes is that with the, you know, the arm and the outfield assist. And the and the, when he's dialed in, he hits everything hard, all directions. And then in the downtime, you're like, man, he can't field. He can't <laughs> see anything. Every at-bat is 0-1. And then a flyout, um, it can be frustrating. But as you said, I, I believe in who he's been over the entire sample of his entire career. Yeah, and his that, numbers... That average means that he's going to have to go on a run over the course of two, three weeks where he looks incredible. And his numbers consistently for the last, I think, two seasons, or maybe not the fake uh, COVID season, but certainly last year, was April and May were pretty janky. And then come like mid-July, he was absolutely on fire. And last year, at the end of last year, when they made the playoff push, he was hitting everything. And all of a sudden, this team's offense looked like what we all expected this team's offense to look like and what we were all excited about this team's offense looking like at the beginning of this year. So I fully expect that to happen. And again, I just think, like, Springer's too good a hitter. Teoscar's too good a hitter. Lourdes, for his streakiness, is too good a hitter. Even guys like Kirk and Jansen have been hitting reasonably well for catchers. Espinal's been great. Like, you know that these guys are all going to get going at the same time eventually. The fear, I think, is sort of what we saw, I think, in 2013 with a team that had a lot of hype. And you knew that they'd eventually put it together, but would it be too... Or sorry, 2014, where they were they started really hot, and then they went ice cold before going on a run, and then they went ice cold again in September. But it's yeah. sort of like they didn't get those hot streaks going till like mid, like early July... And by then it was they were just chasing the bar and like they were not they they were just too far back to really 
do any damage and they just had to sort of they had to play perfect they had to do what they did in 2015 and last year basically and play perfect baseball in the second half of the year and they didn't do it so that brings me sort of to the ultimate reason and we'll we'll come back after this but i sort of have my ultimate reason why i'm not worried about all this and so you sort of hint at it you dance around it there but uh boy it seems like it would take an absolute catastrophe for them not to make the playoffs it just seems yeah. like with the with the additional spot like despite everything that we have just said and all the concerns and all the slumping and the lack of run production and the giving up too many runs, they're still in the first wild card spot by a game. Yeah. Like you're beating off. Or in the third in the I guess the third wild card spot now. Second. You basically have to beat out one of the middling teams in the central, right? It's sort of what you have to do. This white yeah, Sox I mean the Red Sox are getting hot, but it's still like I'm not concerned about them. Anyway, which all of that is to say is just like the the pressure that you would normally see applied. I think if, if there was one less slot, if they, if it was you know, I think you are a little more like okay, they have to make the move with this series that they're in right now. But um, yeah, yeah, the Red Sox. If there's one less spot, then they're two games back of Tampa Bay for the last wild card spot, and they have to t- they would have to catch the Rays. Um, I guess I just now you sort of put this to my head, Jake, is to sort of. I would say to potentially gird yourself about a potential day that comes in the near future where the Red Sox passed them in the standings. Just sort of feels yeah. inevitable now that you now that you brought it up. Yeah, they're eight and two in their last ten. Uh, if we want to go by expected wins and losses, which was we all know is not real, the yeah. Red Sox have a much better expected record than we do. I think I well, will three, game, uh, three games. Not I think I will choose that moment to have a meltdown. What <laughs> when the, when the Red Sox pass us? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, I think that's fair. But uh, um, I also kind of don't think they're going to. Like I, yeah, I think that the I think that this Jays team is not gonna. I don't like just straight up. I don't think they're going to become what we're hoping they're going to become until July. Like right. I'm not expecting June to be a much different from May, but I expect them to be three, four games above 500 when it gets to like time to make the moves, and then they'll make the moves, and then they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean that's about and three or four games of five hundred is where they are right now. So. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like I don't, I I think we're going to see a lot of similar stuff for the next three weeks or so, and no, and it's not going to be fun because everyone's going to panic about it the whole time. Um. Yeah. That that too. Yeah. Playing like playing playing like an eighty-seven win pace coming into tonight's game against uh, St. Louis on Monday. So yeah, they're they're, they're below. They're, uh, uh, if you want to get that specific, then yeah, I would say they're below uh, my expectation of the season so far. Pretty safe. But it's also an eight, an eighty-seven win season right now, and we we both think they're going to get better. So if yeah. they're, I think that's a good way to look at it, and a good calming way to look at it. To be honest, because just saying this out loud makes me feel better. If their floor, what we're looking at right now, is eighty-seven, that shouldn't concern anybody. Yeah, they're pretty clearly tracking worse than they were last year, which is sort of crazy again with the pitching. But we'll see. I I, I feel I feel pretty optimistic. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I truly. I'm not saying this just as a homer. I, I I'm truly not concerned, or I'm not worried. I am concerned. Yeah. Jake, let's try doing the episode sort of backwards here, or or okay. rearranging the, the pieces. Okay. Um, how was how was your week? How's how's everything? How's your week? How's your wife? 
Luke was good. Uh, as I said, went to the Jays game on Friday, which was lovely. It felt very nice to be back in the building. We tracked the status of the roof being open Pretty all day. Good. Before, and thankfully they were playing the Reds, so we were able to buy tickets at like five uh, without much trouble. But yeah, it was really, it was just really nice to be back in the building. The new screen, like I expect, look, I expect it to be as cynical as the next guy about, oh, woohoo, they got a new screen. But the new screen is pretty great. <laughs> it, it do be hitting though. Sort of it do be hitting. Dude. <laughs> uh, the screen is wonderful. There That's are great. too many stats on it. Uh, right. But like. Like they they they're measuring pitch break in the building now. Means yeah, which is pretty funny. Uh, the light show is great though. The Romano light show is incredible. I like I I hope that they should do it for every player. Every player should have a light show when they come up to bat. Um, but no, the the, the in building experience is absolutely no different than it's ever been, uh, except for the bigger screen. But no, it was great. Uh, it was a really good time, and then. Uh, we also this week we uh, had some gift cards stocked up from the holidays that we never spent, and so we finally got a real uh, espresso maker. Oh, good for you guys! Cards. Just yeah. like a thrilling purchase. The power's in the power's in your hands now. Exactly. That's got to feel good. I feel it felt great, especially and it's right in time for summer, so like we can make proper iced coffees, awesome. which is really what I wanted it for. Really awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's been a good week. I love to hear that. I you never I never know what I'm gonna get, but it sounds like Jake went outside this week, which we love. <laughs> Jake did go outside this week. It's true. A little vitamin D in the voice. Yeah, a that's little a, bit. That's excellent, man. Coffee maker. That's good to hear. And you got to see Joey Votto in Toronto. And we got to see Joey Votto. I was very happy that in his first at bat on Friday, the entire building cheered. So a, a very interesting career path for Joey Votto. Um, Somebody that I feel like, listen, there was a lot of beautiful stories this week about how much he loves Toronto and how much he grew up loving the Blue Jays and how um, much it meant to him to be back. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jake, did he sort of not underplay this, but like in previous times that he's been here, previous times that he's talked about Baseball Canada, um, he I feel like he has sort of not been as... Uh, forthcoming with with stuff like this as he was this time around. I know obviously it's very good chance it's the last time he plays here, unless they trade, unless he like signs here or they trade for him next year, <laughs> which I wouldn't be against. But um, did you feel did you feel that I, I really felt that this weekend? Maybe I is it because I'm a dad now? Is that is that what's going on? <laughs> I'm not sure if I felt it. like I did obviously notice it from him, but I didn't really feel any different from him. I definitely felt it from everyone in the building. Yeah, more so than before. Like I've seen been to reds games before i've seen joey Votto play before and like usually it's like a smattering of applause right but it seems like i don't know if it's his mic'd up stuff or his social media or the fact that he's just sort of becoming kind of a fun weirdo in his late career and becoming sort of a, a i hesitate to use the word fan favorite for someone as accomplished as joey Votto, but you know what i mean and it's it seemed to be more of a two-way street this time, I guess, is what I would say. On yeah. both sides. So, uh, yeah. I also think that uh, he might be traded here in a couple months. <laughs> we'll see. We'll With, see. With uh, Hunter Green, who loves Toronto. Yeah, well, Joey, apparently, from what I read, Joey, they were all, like, Joey was, had sold them all on it, and they all loved it there. So that is Hunter, great. Hunter Green complimented the architecture in Toronto. 
And sure. so you can't do that unless you actually like it here because uh, it's not a thing in this city. Um, but, um... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was I was pretty touched by all this. I thought it was cool, and obviously, I thought it was cool I think, too. Yeah, I think it's very. Um, Obviously, part of it is is his it being his last time here. I think is is and I think sort of to your mention of like him joining social media this year and uh, you know sort of the general mood of of some of the things that he said and sort of the way I really do enjoy that he seems to be very he's always been very self aware as like a as like a person and I think sometimes um, like remember when he said he didn't give a rat's ass about Canada baseball when James Paxton threw the no hitter right um, it's not like it's such a like, it, it, not that it's a sense of humor, but like it, it is sort of that wry Joey sort of style where it's like you're not really mad at him for saying he doesn't give a rat's ass about Candace <laughs> baseball. It's funny that you would ask him that. You know, it, it, he 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 rips that off. Um, very telling to me that they told the story about him finding out he got drafted. He was in high school drama class. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> he's a now theater. I, weird. He's a theater kid. Yeah, I get but, it. Theater kitty loves baseball. I was like, I completely understand. So it's easy for me to to identify with Joey Votto as like a. I, I think that, uh, and I think there, are, there are rumors, Jake. And I could be wrong about this, and you don't have to confirm or deny. But I had heard a rumor about, geez, nine to ten years ago that Joey Votto had taken Second City Conservatory classes. I had not heard that, and that is hilarious. I can't confirm I, it. And now, listen, take the wording of that however you, however you, you know what I mean? I'm hearing that right. probably fourth hand through the grapevine and has taken classes. It's like, I doubt he completed conservatory one. You know what I mean? Like, I maybe he hopped in and, you know, you hear of, you hear of a number of sort of people in media positions sometimes doing that and sort of not necessarily in the general admission class, but like, you know, you can um, work with also, an improv coach. I'll say this, in ways that have nothing to do with on-field product. Let's take on-field product out yeah. of the equation for a second. Joey Votto is what Joe Biagini claims to be. <laughs> Can't believe you would even bring up Joe Biagini's name in Joey that's why. I, that's why I had to preface reference. that with let's forget about what's on the field. So I'm struggling not to call what he is is like I'm struggling not to call it Canadian sense of humor, frankly, because I think yeah. Romano sort of has it too. Um, uh, yeah, Vo- I I think Votto's embraced being a weirdo, and yeah. I think I don't know if it's just like you know as you said, as we get older, we're sort of you take a look around a little bit more. He seems to be yeah. taking a look around before he says goodbye. Yeah, I think that's a good way to phrase it, and I think he's he's allowing himself to have a lot of fun, and I think. That's not just unique to Votto. I think a lot of baseball players are for a sport that was so locked up in so many boring personalities for so long and to a large extent still is. I think some guys, like you look at a guy like Freddie Freeman who is great and seems to have fun on the baseball diamond or you look at most of the Blue Jays and it's just, I think Votto is, you know, he's not a young, intense man anymore. Right, uh, right, and I think that's power to him. I think it's great, and I everyone loves Joey Votto here, which which again was really nice to see on Friday. It was every time he came to the plate, people were clapping and cheering, and I don't know what the reaction was like in the building when he hit the winning home run yesterday. Love it, have to love but, it. Might be the last at bat he ever takes in the building, but like game yeah, home run, it's perfect. I love it's baseball. great, and and I'm glad that I remember 
this is obviously a very different narrative, a very different story. But I remember right going to a Raptors game right after the team became good. So this was like 2014 or 2015. And they were playing the Grizzlies and Vince Carter was on the Grizzlies. And the crowd gave him a standing ovation. Right. And it was the first time. It felt like the franchise moving on. And obviously Joey. I remember that. Obviously Joey Votto does not have the same contentious relationship with the Blue Jays that Vince Carter had with the Raptors. However, the fact that Skydome, the Hulk building was sort of on his side this weekend felt like, a, you know, in, in the building of let's throw beer cans at people on the field, it, it felt not like there's anything to move on from, but it did feel like there was a mutual respect there. And I think because Votto's sort of, as you say, he's been showing that lately. Yeah. It, I, think, like, I think I feel like before this, he sort of respected the the like line of like rivalry and something he's always been yeah. really good at in sports. It's like he, every other time I feel like he came here, he was like, yeah, it's nice to come by and play in my hometown. And, and this time he was like, yeah, you know what? I grew up wanting to be on this team. And every single day I played catch with my father. And I remember, and pe- they were like remembering, uh, trying to get him to like, remember favorite players and favorite moments. And he was like, I literally just loved being in the building and sitting up and sitting up in the stands and like, being in and, and being able to watch baseball. And I was like, man, that's so relatable to a lot of people that grow up in this city and love baseball. Like, that sort of is the experience. We, You and I, you know, we do Jays of Our Lives on our Patreon, and it's very much that, like, we could sit here and name our favorite players, but there's also, like, man, probably 60 guys that over the course of your of your life that you're like, I I sat in this building and watched them and, and had moments where I loved them. Uh, I think him acknowledging that and that being like part of the story that I don't remember him ever doing before. And I think in the spirit of like competition and in the spirit of like also, to be honest, being on a competitive Reds team that he's now, it's pretty much obvious like, okay, my last year when I'm running out on a very bad team. So yeah, um, I thought a great moment and made me sad, Jake, that we didn't get, we still haven't gotten, Jake, I thought of this this weekend. We have not gotten a moment anywhere to my knowledge that Russell Martin has come out and waved at anybody and said, uh, it was fun playing baseball for you people. Oh, he, he's busy launching his uh, seltzer. Well, it was seltzer summer. He's on the way. He's coming. I, I, he, he has to save all his, uh, all his goodwill when he's um, Pitching coach. campaigning to be the next manager for the team. <laughs> yeah, manager, not bad. I like that. Yeah, more like Schneider's bench coach. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. He's probably still trying, knowing him, he's probably still trying to get a catching job somewhere. I mean, he was in the league like two years ago. Yeah, but, you know, not, old catchers. Not much and not playing well, and he's a catcher. Yeah, but. old catchers don't don't exactly. Anyway, uh, just thought about that. And speaking, Jake, you knew we had to do it. Speaking of the 2015 Blue Jays, uh, the, 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 <laughs> the irredeemable Josh Donaldson continues to be. <laughs> Look, I said uh, through thinly veiled comments a couple weeks ago that I was excited to root against Josh Donaldson. Right. And I'm I'm not going to say pleased, but uh, he's proving me right. Yeah, look, you know. Liam, uh, Liam Hendricks right. seems to have the right idea. You you can't you can't have an inside joke with somebody who doesn't know about the joke and is racist. Like that's not how, <laughs> not how inside jokes work. And also, like you can't have a racist thing to say I that can't the other guy doesn't gave, know about and call. I can't believe they joke. only gave him a game. Also, Ridiculous. like 
Anyway, yeah, I, I, I like Liam Hendricks coming out and being like, yeah, I've played on a bunch of teams he played on, and everybody hates him. And <laughs> every locker room he plays against hates him, too. And I was like, yeah, oh, interesting. It kind of makes me think, not really, <laughs> but like, it makes me reassess a little bit sort of how we all treated 2015. And that well, they team. were the so what fuck you Blue Jays. Right. I mean, like, don't get that being the villains, Being the villains is fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was fun. And I wouldn't be against cheering for a team that's the villains again. However, yeah. when you cheer for the villains, you can't be surprised when <laughs> yeah. some of them turn out to be really <laughs> shitty. Right. And then you start putting down the like real life terrible things that people did on that. You're like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dial it back. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed with that. Yeah. The rap sheet uh, grows from the 2015-2016 Blue Jays. It's not great. It's not great. Fuck him. Yeah. Yankee scum. What'd you like about doing the baseball first and then ramping up the personal stuff? I think I liked it. Yeah. I think it's better for the show, too. That's for, I mean, that's almost guaranteed, right? Yeah. Almost guaranteed. I feel like after rambling with our lives, sometimes the, the baseball falls by the way. Especially sometimes. It, sometimes it's like we're talking in like eight-minute chunks each because we're just talking, talking about our lives. You're yeah. Like, damn. It's like 22 minutes of the episode, people actually hearing anything about baseball. Yeah, I think th- I think that's smart. I think we did it. <laughs> we made the show better by accident this week. You gotta Finally. love when that happens. Get, go us. Look for that format change going forward. Uh, we're gonna look. At, <laughs> speaking of formats, we're gonna open up the Twitter mailbag. I think that was a good enough segue to get us to the next level of the show, which is the mailbag. We're gonna do that right now. All right, Jake, we open up the mailbag uh, on Twitter. No calls in the voicemail line this week. Uh, let's How dare. 833-714-7774. Um, I think I forgot to tweet it out for the last little bit. Um, and by it, I mean uh, almost anything, Jake. You're doing a great job over there on the old social media. Uh, <laughs> going viral. <laughs> yeah, up. did not add to our patrons, though, which made me really mad. Hitting, hitting viral, getting viral tweets. That's what it doesn't matter. It's marketing. It's brand. Uh, That's true. It? Brand awareness. Brand. Uh, brand awareness. Yeah, brand, yeah, yeah. Brand awareness. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, which is like basically means the sweaty guy didn't call us, which is fine with. But if you call in, we will put your voice on the air. And I mean, there's only another, there's only another half dozen places you can get a promise like that. Fucking, That's true. Fucking Blue Jays. You know, we'll play it. We don't care how bad it is. It's sort of our, as our. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest standard. That'll be our, that should be our, our tagline. That's our tagline. We have the lowest standards for getting calls on the air anywhere in Blue Jays yeah, podcast. You know what? I think that's great marketing. It's honest. 833 714 7774. You say it. We'll play it. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're, 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 we're taking it's this like, whole system down. It's like Beautiful Anonymous, but not interesting or heartfelt. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. I don't care what it's about anymore. Come in and uh, give us your grocery list. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'd be nice to hear, you know, it's always nice to hear an adult's voice. That's all I can really say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Garrett Swan, here we go. Is it wrong that even though the Jays are three games over 500, they're giving me 2013 Blue Jays vibes? I think you alluded to this very, no, you came, you came similar. You said 2014. Yeah. Uh, I, get I, 20, I get 2016 vibes in that, like, ultimately, I think they're going to be fine. The pitching is way better than it has any right to be. Uh, and, like, 
they're not winning anyway and it drives me nuts. I don't yeah, I don't think it's wrong to get those vibes based on how the season has started, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh but I do think that will end up being uh unfounded, so to speak. And I think underrating how much of a disaster 2013 was. 77 and 88, yeah. no chance. Basically I, I no think, chance. I get, I get the vibes argument though. That was yeah. you know, that was expected to be a very good team. Basically, everything went wrong, right? Batista yeah. only played 118 games. Josh Johnson's arm exploded almost immediately. Um, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I get it, but I think that is sort of... I think that's too extreme a concern. Yeah. It, it's a major 2016 vibe to me where it was like we came into the season like absolutely shoulders crossed, huffing our chests out, being like... Maybe the best team that we've ever had. Uh, probably the best offense in baseball history. They're going to break every record for home runs. Ha, ha, ha. Matt Chapman hit seventh. Uh, you know, Jansen's going to have a breakout year. And so is Espinal. And so is Springer. And, you know, it's really like we were. We came into this very sure that they were going to, you know, steamroll every team and uh, shut down the Yankees. And the, and the rest of the division looks weak. Um, and two months in, as baseball is wont to do, coming out of this being like, all right, it, we're humbled. Very clearly, there are. It's not. It's not a perfect team. I still feel confident in them. Um, you know that that Blue Jays team that in 2016 really felt like it never got the big run, but got you know incredible pitching from Aaron Sanchez and a full season of Stroman. Uh, Jay Happ sort of revitalized uh, Estrada, really coming into his own, like building off the 2015 playoff team. You're like, man, there's four starting pitchers that I'll go to war with any day of the week, and there was just some holes in the lineup. You know, the, the Colabello thing and uh, Devin Travis sort of never really panning out or staying able to stay healthy for the whole year, and a lot of Michael Saunders instead of, um, you know, the year before Colabello sort of spelled in there. Um, the offense didn't click along to the rate that we thought it would, and we you remember, you remember you've said on this show before, you know, the, the move was to get B.J. Upton, and the move was to get, like they they didn't go and get the the guy that that you sort of felt like they needed to push them over the offensive edge. Um, that's the team that I sort of get the vibe with. Still finished eighty nine and seventy three. The question was basically at the end of the year was like, are they going to have home field in the wild card game? Was sort of like right. the was the biggest question the Blue Jays faced all year. They had to win on the last game, day of the year just to make sure they made it. Exactly right. So I, that's sort of the same feeling I get. Was like we spent the whole year panicking about that team because we wanted them to be great and they and they were sort of they underperformed but were still very good so for me the for me the 89 and 73 2016 blue jays is the is the vibe i'm getting which is to say i'm not that worried but i am frustrated yeah i think i'm happy that you phrased it that way because that is very close to how i intended to phrase this question earlier today yeah uh frustrated is right it's kind of you know after the Raptors and Leafs lost. Kind of got I got the my Spurs made Champions League yesterday. Very cool. And and then going it was it was great. Felt really nice after Raptors and Leafs to have like a good sports result. And then watching that Jays game, it was just all it made me think was like, man, I just wish they were blowing teams out every day. Yeah, and I could just bask in like the, in this good sports stuff. Yeah, and I think and I yeah. think frustrating is exactly the right word for what the season is. It's not. As we said, it's not doomsaying, it's not worried, it's not even really concerned, but it's frustrating. 
Because, yeah, absolutely. As you, as you said, they had to win on the last day to, to get home field at the wildcard game. And again, at the time, it was very much like, you know, this great offense shouldn't need to win a wildcard game. It should, like, shouldn't yeah. even have to be, you know what I mean? They should be going straight to Texas. They, you, and I will you, say this. You forget how easily they could have fucking not won that game. And and that 2016 season is we look at it as like one of the worst remembered seasons of modern of the modern era, right? Like it, think about how frustrating it would have been to have lost that game to Baltimore without the Edmund home run. I will say this without any shred of doubt: the wild card game was great fun. The series against Texas was great fun. The 2016 season was a fucking nightmare for sure. It was not a fun year to be a Blue Jays fan, even though they won 89 games and made the playoffs. That was a frustrating, annoying season. And I I don't actually believe this, but like there's a part of my brain that would prefer them to just like bow out now than have one of those. <laughs> I don't really think that because like obviously I'd always prefer to make the playoffs. But 2016 was no fun. I think we're gonna have again, I continue to think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a breakout. Teoscar is too good. Uh, yeah, I think so too. It's sort of the linchpin for me. Um the question comes from Paul Adam. Charlie Montoyo needs a nickname, says Paul. What should his nickname be? Oh, tough. Great question. Nicknames is tough, man. Yeah. I've never been good at nicknames, I have to admit. I've been playing of hockey, I think. Chucky. Well, well, that's sort of... Uh, that's sort Chucker. of... Chucker. 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 <laughs> I, was, I, called him, I, I called him Charles Entertainment Montoyo for a little while. That's pretty like, good. Was like the play on Chuck E. Cheese, um, so it was like basically entertainment was his was his nickname, and then you could say that's entertainment. Um, I feel like, I feel like everyone just called. I feel like like this sounds stupid because his name, but I feel like Charlie is his nickname. Right. Like so no one refers to him as Montoya or Charlie. And you're not going to call him. Maybe they call him Monty to your like hockey player reference. Maybe. Maybe I mean, like Gibby. Like John Gibbons was just Gibby. Right. Easy. Like, what was, what was, do Manchester see a nickname? Like, Seal Gaston doesn't have a nickname. Cedo, well, I think, is. But that's just his name. Isn't that's his... my point. Well, boy. Well, actually, Who... no, Cedo's Cito, last his first name is Clarence. Oh, there you go. Charlie Montoya's real first name is Jose. So there you go. His nickname's Charlie. We did it. His nickname is Charlie. His name is Jose Carlos Montoya Diaz. Charlie. Charlie is his nickname. <laughs> we did it, Jake. Listen. It's literally, literally his nickname. I think we, again, lowest standards in Blue Days podcast. I think we <laughs> well, look, I'm just saying, the guy's already no. got a nickname. Listen, man, I sign two. off. I sign off. You have, a nickname, you have a nickname so good that it becomes your first name on your baseball reference page, a la Cito Gaston, a la Tiger Woods. 100%. <laughs> That's a hell of a nickname. Charlie. And to think... You know, to think then that you would want to further that, further add to that nickname. Ridiculous. It's easy. Uh, okay. Boy. Short mailbag. Just the two. Just okay. The two. Good questions, though. Good, good questions. questions. Good answers. We're doing the research. We're doing the work. We're putting the, t- we're putting the hours in. Catch us in the gym. Putting time in. Uh, we're we're going to return in just a minute. We're going to try to figure out, once again, what the hell the end of this show is supposed to be. Um, I feel like we're close to getting it this week. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're getting closer, maybe.
Jake, uh, we are here at the end of the show. We we decided last week that we were going to test out new ways to end the show every week until we found a way to end the show that we liked, right? Yes. And we had done uh, Take This to Your Grave, which we both failed miserably at coming up with hot takes that we believed in. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. All it takes. Our, our hot takes were bad. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do it. I don't. I don't no, know how to do it. I honestly like. It's hard for just, me to. We're not take merchants. I, I. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know that I have the gene in my body to come up with one. Frankly, or maybe I'm doing no. it. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, well, cause I guess we were just doing predictions. We weren't really doing takes. Right. That's true. We basically did all only do predictions. Yeah, we weren't really. We don't really know. I guess it comes down to: Do we even know what a take is, Jake? I mean, a, a possibly not. A take is an opinion, right? You come in and, and you state a, a, yeah. a like, hot take. Yeah, uh, you know, Cool Ranch Doritos aren't good. Right? That's a take. Yes, yes. Like Stephen A. Smith is the take master. Or I guess Skip Bayless is technically. So we didn't take really master. do take. We didn't do takes. We just no, came we in and said predictions. We did predictions. Yeah. So we could we could still go back. So so here's what we'll do. Okay, we don't have it. We don't have it this week because there's no prep, obviously. Next week, we want, we were going to do an actual take this to your grave. Right. So we started off with predictions. So a race of blackboards. Now the new number one was, number one was predictions. We did predictions. Yeah. Number two, we did unqualified life advice. Yes. Number three, we, we did, last week we did Easter egg hunt, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed too. Not too many people took part though. So, so I don't know. there was there was but, but there was like, variety, which you like to there see. There was. That's some true. Some people some people gave Spotify links. Some people uh mentioned that they don't like the band, which I expected some of, but at least you're that, at least didn't you're get replying. that sweet, sweet engagement though. At least you're replying. Uh yeah. We got we got we got a cover. How House of Wolves, people said. Um Boy. For the ending, do bad take of the week. That's what Tortoise Summer says. That's pretty Find close a bad take discussing. the next week and then check back to see who was right. House of Wolves. People, people like House of Wolves. It's one of my favorites, too. Teenagers, says Steve Burney. Uh, wow. Peri Peri Pie says, I don't have a favorite MCR song. Gotcha. Um, Easter Egg Hunt was last week. This week, I would like to debut a segment called Reverse Mailbag, where we come off the mailbag where I ask the audience a question, and instead of Easter egg hunting, they it's similar to Easter egg hunt, I guess, in that, you know, I, we're asking the audience to do something. But I think a reverse mailbag question where we ask the question and the audience gives us the answer versus the way around is, is, is my idea here. What do you think of reverse mailbag? I love it. I, when you, you brought reverse mailbag when we were first brainstorming this show, and I love the idea. I think it's great. I guess it doesn't make for great end of show content though because i we don't have answers right well it's gonna come back next week that's true does does bring them back and then the next week we'll go into the reverse mailbag answering the previous exactly. week's mailbag See, we're just leading the audience it's just good marketing so i think reverse mailbag has a chance at winning the whole contest i think it's up there yeah okay so very simple this week reverse mailbag uh question hopefully we'll get this tomorrow uh, Tuesdays. Tuesdays at the Sky Dome this year, and I know they're on the road right now, but Tuesdays at the Sky Dome this year is Looney Dogs Night. Am I correct? Yes, I believe you are. Uh, now, I'm not going, I'm prefacing this question 
to say, also we had we had, my wife and I had hot dogs uh, this weekend for dinner. Delicious. Oh, we have hot we have hot dogs for dinner a lot. We love hot dogs in this house. Hot dogs are delicious. Hot dogs are delicious, and I love hot dogs. Uh, and something I miss about the city is the is the hot dog carts. I don't even know if they I hadn't been to one in years, basically, because right the the. I have only really seen them uh, outside the dome recently, so I don't know what kind of they, they used to be everywhere. Mileage they get in a post COVID world. Yeah, that was, that was basically they used to be everywhere. Correct, absolutely correct. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I used to love nothing. I would love more than you know, a crooked number amount of drinks and then a, a Toronto hot dog downtown. Absolutely. So my question, my reverse mailbag question is for you, uh, dear listeners. Were you, let's put yourself uh, downtown, any town USA, having a great night out, you and your friends, uh, all your all your best banter mates stumble out of an establishment into the street and you have exactly enough money for a street dog and you are hungry and... Uh, the guy gives you the sausage or whatever it is. You can you can tell us that too. What kind of sausage do you get there? The, the hot Italian or whatever it is. Uh, dream sausage and then your dream cart topping options. What, what would what would be on the dream cart for your late night hot dog? And then how do you dress it up? You don't have to you don't have to give all those details, but I would I want to know the the the, the wiener style you pick and how you dress it up. If you want to go a little deeper and, and let me know what else would it be in the cart that you wouldn't use? Go crazy. But I want to hear everybody's dream night out hot dog purchase. I love that. I also want to hear that because then it's going to inspire me to make some hot dogs. Some people out there love their hot dogs and take their hot dogs very seriously as well. That's true. And I used to. I get it. Man, I've had some great hot dogs in my life. Great outside my, of- wife, my wife loves an insane hot dog. Let's but, hear it. Uh, no, I'm say I'll save it for next week when we answer the when we get all the answers. Yes, very good. That is I'm how s- we will do reverse mailbag. Next week, yeah. l- let me know your hot dog. Uh, I can't wait to hear some because I've had I've had some that I absolutely loved. I have one I have one in Portugal that I'd love to talk about, um, and I have I have memories of some downtown that I absolutely love. So we'll talk about that next week. That is the reverse mailbag. If you want more show, extra show. Patreon.com slash less than Jays. That's where it all goes down. You get uh, more extra show and uh, extra, extra shows every week. Uh, it's a great time over there. We have a lot of fun. And uh, it's nice to give us money for doing this also. Yes. Uh, if you would give us more money for doing this, that'd be great. Sure. Take. Sure. Yeah. I'd love that personally. Um I feel like we don't talk, we don't address that enough. That, that the other big part of the Patreon is that we get money. Yeah, I Jake would love. I. I think I, I I don't know if this counts as uh, the take for the week. Ooh, my, a, a my, possible my, preview of a return of take this to your grave. My take is that uh, I like it when people give us money to do this show. I like that too. Um, so. There you go. Or maybe you maybe you maybe you. Uh, Maybe you represent a company. If you listen to this show and you represent a company, we're too deep. Oh, you want to buy the show? I've waited too yeah. long, eh? I've waited too long to get into the like sales pitch part of the show. You did, yeah. I basically, I was basically like anybody listening to this that is a hardcore was like, oh, the show is over. I know where his voice is going. Thanks, thank you for listening. Time. If you, if you let's say you want to come, I don't say you, you don't have to buy the show, if, Jake. If, if your you company has an advertising department and they're looking for, we'll call it influencer outreach. You know what I mean? If you own a company and you made it this far on the show, I would think you would. Send us some money. Special extra version of take this of, of uh, <laughs> Easter egg hunt this week. <laughs> Your company has influencer outreach dollars to kick around. Um, we can provide the demographics of our show in painstaking detail. 
Um, I know what I know what listeners of us on Spotify will like to know. I I can see what your most listened to bands are. If you're uh, oh, that's actually kind of cool. I didn't know that. Well, it, it's actually uh, let me see if I I'll pull it up here. Here's here's your extra Easter egg hunt. Um, I'll, well, I'll add this to just the Patreon. How about that? I like that because this is this is big time details. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is you paying to get the data breach. So um, everybody else, see you in a second. Okay, Jake. I think that's it for the re- that's 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 it for the show. That's it. what well else done. can we possibly do? We've we've breached we all great. the data. We sold out fully. I, I we think. did great. Hey, I love selling out. I'd love to give it a shot. Um, that's it for another, for another week. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody that uh, sends in your things. Can't wait to hear the reverse mailbag answers. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of Less Than Jace. Yeah.